Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We are here with a quick hit Friday episode. We're going to be answering listener questions in these, and today's is all around self-start slash time trial races. So one man, Sean, asked on Instagram, how do you handle a self-start race in terms of pacing, strategy, motivation? And I mean, that's that's all of us right now. Even the grassroots leagues in the U.S. and NICA races, they're all turning to this time trial format. So I think we can safely say for most of us, we've got to figure out how to motivate ourselves in a non-mass start event this season. Yes. Also, one man, Sean, would be a, a great Instagram handle if anyone wanted to use that. Ooh, or a, or like a ska band where you have like 30 members. All named Sean. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So yeah, this is, I've been pondering this because I knew it was sort of coming, but yeah, it's great to have this this question. And this it is an almost overarching idea of opening up and getting back to racing and being nervous and how do I prepare? And so I look at this as any race, right? We used to actually have a, a spring time trial. It was the Hilton Falls time trial. And that was how the season started. And I actually thought it was a great way to start the season because you, you sort of come from this, you know, trainer, cross-training, and you're a little nervous about the season starting. And it sort of takes some of the craziness of the start out of the season. I'm just picturing the typical start to our seasons for the last few years, which has been Paris to Ancaster, which has one of the most bonkers starts of all time where you're just going like ham for 2k and then funneling from a road to a towpath like a rail trail Mm -hmm. into a single track up a hill that is basically like the steepest hill you can possibly imagine yeah and loose yeah it's a crazy one And, and so that actually used to be the second race that i would do usually and that sort of added the crazy start in, but then less of the mountain biking in. Right, right. So there were sort of these two elements. And then after that, we got into May. And then in, in Canada here, we start getting back access to actual trails. And, and we started having mountain bike racing and so forth. So hopefully this year, some of us at least, will get into more traditional racing, whatever that is for you. But indeed, it seems like these time trials, I just was talking to a client up in one of the territories uh, up in the north. And doing big fat bike racing, even 100-mile race, you know, way up there, you know, numbers aren't huge. And they were even doing 40-second rolling starts. And we're doing that here. And this client, I think he's maybe on the west coast of the uh, U.S. So this is this is happening everywhere, right? We're all over the place. So we're going to have a few different things. A, I, I think it's a good thing. We can embrace it as, you know, we've come off the trainer. Probably you've been doing something like 3 by 10 or 4 by 10 or 4 by whatever and so you've been doing some element of time trials. You've maybe done 20-minute time trials. So you've probably been preparing for these individual time trials more than you think in a lot of cases, right? Uh, I think what I would do now is, I think this particular, Sean was saying that his next race is actually coming quickly. We have a little bit more time here in Ontario. So if you do have time, then I, I would say just 
start doing mountain bike time trials or cyclocross time trials or gravel time trials just to get yourself a little bit, you know, I don't think you need as much as you, you think you need to get into it, but I think so that you're practicing it, right? The standing start and the, you know, going hard and then you'll be ready to go, right? Even for Paris to Ancaster, our, our gravel race, I used to always just go out and ride hard for two hours the weekend before. And then I sort of felt like I had tested my bike and my gear and sort of know what it felt like a little bit. Worked out all the kinks, right? I think pacing strategy is an interesting thing because with mountain biking, cyclocross, you usually have a really hard start and then you sort of settle in and hope you can hold on. I think that will be the difference is that in this, you probably wouldn't want to just arbitrarily drive yourself into a hole and then try and hold on. You generally try and hold a more steady pace like you might in a road time trial. So we usually accelerate a little bit in that first, you know, maybe a minute, you know, get off the, the line, get out of sight maybe of the people behind you, maybe catch the person in front of you quickly. Uh, but pretty quickly, I'd settle into that sort of sustainable pace for you for whatever the distance is. And then I go think from it there. is still worth like doing, so, like going hard at the start though, even just from a being ready for when racing does return to sort of those mass starts because yeah is gonna i mean i think that's just a good pacing strategy this is we you just recently listened to something with uh veronique balat one of the famous uh, researchers who had the 3030s if you do 3030s you can thank her uh and she was talking about smiley races and and more to marathon running but she said like this is and, and you see this sometimes we'll call this a double peak interval and it just means pretty hard to start settle in sort of at or just under your pace hard finish once you can once you see the finish line once you know it's coming and you're confident you'll finish you empty the tank right you have a note there that says talk about smiley races don't you might have had that in there and but that's the idea right is and this is in a in a race that you can hold your own pace you're trying to finish as fast as you can so the mental challenge we're all going to have is that it's not so much the get in with the group and try and stick with the group and maybe there's a bit more tactics in a well-run time trial you're trying to get around the course or the number of laps as fast as you can so going your first lap as fast as you can and then fading not a smiley race this is like a sad fading race uh, might end up with a worse average speed or finish time than you you want right so this is why we might do something like a three by ten interval set in preparation all with a race start simulation try and do a bit of a smiley face pattern and and see how close are those together because that's really the game is if you can hold your lap times very stable or your intervals stable right and and like you say this is not really that much different than any time right? We look at an interval set. Did you fade a lot between interval one and four? Yeah. And I mean, I think that the upside for anyone who's done triathlon in the past is sort of, even if it is a, a mass start event, uh, you know, like a lot of triathlons are there, they are, they end up being time trials, right? Like you're ultimately any race you're, you're racing the clock and for mountain bikers, especially very infrequently, are you racing with a, a pack of people? So I think while it sounds different and the start's certainly going to feel different, I think you're right. It's not going to really be that different in how it plays out because I mean, how many times have you done a mountain bike race where there's no one around you five minutes ahead of you, five minutes you're back? You're exactly right. I think most mountain bikers are probably used to that, right? Unless you're you know, right at the pointy end of the stick, or you're very good at riding in groups. A lot of mountain bikers certainly wouldn't be riding in a group for at least some of the race, right? You've self-paced yourself to some degree. Uh, so yeah, so I, again, I think most people are more prepared for this coming out of a, a winter of training, maybe on the trainer or just solo because we haven't been riding together as much. So I think we're, we're pretty ready for this. Uh, I'm trying to think if I had any other, like I would, I would really work on that 
visualization of the like beep down where someone beat down the beep down you know they're timing you down they're saying five seconds to go and then you're ready for your race start and you know people are going to be looking at just you taking off and trying to feel a bit of those nerves because it's going to be weird uh but not that much different than the nerves you're going to feel when there's 20 people lined up all around you and they're going to all try and trample over you right for sure I think there's there's sort of two types of people in this equation too. There's the people who are going to feel those start line nerves and you know in that case it's sort of about getting used to the the deep breathing and like being able to sort of calm yourself and and stay relaxed and confident and ready on the start line. And then I think the other the flip side though is the people who are going to really struggle without the group, without the crowd that's going to kind of lead to like a lack of motivation. So I think in that case, you've got to kind of figure out what pumps you up. Like what is like the pump up jam that you save exclusively for race day? I mean, you can go classic. I have the tiger, you know, you can go you know, full on hard rock, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But I think having your motivation strategy uh, pre-planned, whether it's, you know, you're doing a meditation in the car to calm your nerves or you're, you know, putting in your headphones and listening to your, your pump up music, like knowing what your plan is for that is probably a good idea. And what do you think as far as pacing goes, are there any metrics that you would be looking at, whether it's like you, you know, if you know the course sort of setting your goal for your lap time or setting a heart rate goal or a power goal, would you do any of those things just to kind of stay with it? Cause I know for me, like 20 minutes in, I'm, probably not thinking too hard about what's going on so no that's I mean that's a same as always right like it's you have to get used to feeling that and that's why I think mountain bike time trials are underused once we get into that specific time of the year Uh, you know too many people do their intervals on the road and not off-road you know where we're very specific and so some of these questions around the gearing and the pacing get answered right the idea is that like every section like the beauty of a, a especially like cross country like short race where there's laps is that you try and just nail every line every lap every gear and in principle if every hill you're on the same gear with the same wattage output you know you're pacing well you know, it's just, they're all equal, right? So each little snippet of the race, right? It's like sort of approached in a similar fashion. Then maybe the last lap, you're just like sloppy trying to hold on to this. Um, But that's, that's the idea. So I think this is what comes out in training, right? I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I've used heart rate limits, especially in the shorter races. We've, we've used them if someone's like really over the top with blowing up. And so maybe in a time trial, you, you'd be just cautious, but I was going to say, I would almost be the opposite. Like I think my heart rate would tend to be underpaced yeah like just not going that hard because i'm like just not feeling the competitive burn if i'm by myself and you could see someone coming into this season a little bit underwhelmed right and i think the the other note i had was that you know it's just great that we're back racing so i I think we don't want to miss any of the possibility of like just going to the race and enjoying that you're back at something that hopefully you can talk to people from a distance you know with a mask on or whatever it is and just let the race happen. Like sometimes it's, we just need to get a couple in the, the bucket, right? Because the most specific training we can do is racing. So without racing, you know, we're sort of just doing odd simulations of the thing. So I would also just encourage people to get in there and see what the, you know, what are the demands of this quote unquote new discipline of time trial mountain biking and where are your limiters? Then go away and hopefully you have a few weeks to train specifically, 
where you do some mountain bike time trials and practice your gearing and practice your positioning and your race starts and all these things. And, and I think the second and third and fourth, you know, you can put a bit more weight on, but certainly that's the way I'm thinking about these first events. Whenever we get to do something is just, you know, social and going through the motions to just get back up to speed. Right. Like I don't, I don't sure. really anticipate myself being at full speed. Right. And I just, I'm not going to put that pressure on myself to do it. So I think we're using this as the same way as you would, you know, not just go do, you know, some sort of training or some sort of testing without first, you know, having, you know, okay, I just tried it a couple times. I prepared, I trained, right? Yeah. And the, the one thing I also want to add with well, two little things are one, uh, when you are at the race, like be kind to the volunteers and the promoters. If there are like mask rules in place, try to be like as on top of that as you possibly can. Like don't make things hard for people. Even the time trial thing, like the one client I was talking to who's just recently done this, like it's sort of crazy, right? Because it's so many starts. So there'll be delays and everything else. So I would just be pretty alert to start times changing and, and being understanding of that. But for you, you need to be ready, you know, and anticipating that mentally that like your warm up might be short or you might have to stand around an extra 20 minutes. And if that is the case, like don't, don't get mad at the promoters. Don't get mad at the volunteers. Like everyone's trying to figure this stuff out right now. Um, and Oh, what was my other, my other thing was, oh, actually do the races. Uh, I know, you know, when you're thinking about time trials, I know some people are going to be like, oh, well, if it's going to be a time trial, like I could just go out and do that on my own. Like mm. I'm not going to pay to do the race. And while I understand that on some level, I also have now talked to a lot of promoters for some different articles I've been working on and they're not going to survive another season of, you know, no one showing up to races or not being able to have races. So if a promoter is putting something on and it's a race that you want to see come back to the way that you loved racing it, show up and do the time trial. Like, no, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be as fun as, you know, the mass start race maybe is, but support your, your local series for sure. It's, it's Mm -hmm. just, that's how we can kind of guarantee that in 2022 we'll have our racing back. So I only had two other notes. I had that the races, some of these are ending up shorter than usual. You know, they're just starting shorter for some reason, uh, or not start, I guess starting shorter, right? Like the, they're setting out like a big long loop to minimize passing or something. And maybe it's just one lap, right? And so you're ending up at like maybe an hour when you might've been 90 minutes or 90 minutes when you might've been two hours. So I don't see that being a huge difference in terms of like the training preparation. Like, I don't think I'd shift anything you know, more short or more aggressive than you already are doing, uh, in that respect, in, unless it became something like an eliminator instead, you know, which would right. be an odd choice or like short track instead, maybe then you'd want to get a little more spunky, uh, than, than you would already be doing for cross country. Right. I don't think that's a huge difference. We should be able to operate in that one to two hours range about the same, no matter what, uh, but mentally preparing for that. And then I think the only th- other thing is, I mentioned this, I think last podcast is there's the one study that came out with the horse riders. And I just keep thinking about that idea that like, especially the, I think it was because it was a more technical discipline that was harder to simulate, which mountain biking may be one of those, right? There's a lot of stuff that as much as people want Zwift to be everything. And I heard someone say revolutionized cycling recently, which just made me shake. Oh dear. Um, you know, it might be a little nerve wracking getting into some of these disciplines that are, are pretty different than what we've had for a while. So I think the fact that they're maybe going to be a TT, maybe going to be shorter, 
maybe more low key and local, I think that's great, right? Because it's it's going to be a little nerve wracking, a little stressful. So I think let's embrace this and just, you know, ease back in with them. Awesome. And if you're not sure what to do or there isn't racing going on around you, uh, we actually are going to have an article out next week on how to pick the challenge that's right for you, whether we're talking uh, weekly, yearly, monthly, or like one day. Yeah, you know, one that serves you. challenge. Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye out for that on consummateathlete.com. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have any more questions, we're going to be doing more of these quick hit episodes. So hopefully you enjoy them. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you on Tuesday with another new episode. Have a good weekend. Thanks so much for tuning into the consummate athlete podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts and check out our book, becoming a consummate athlete over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram at consummateathlete and we will see you next week.